hello and welcome to episode 16 of For Art's Sake, an art history and museum podcast. I'm your host, Rhea. So, last week, <laughs> um, I had decided that maybe I shouldn't do an episode last week because it felt inappropriate. Because, you know, I was doing this light and fun topic and it just, there's an insurrection. So, that's interesting to say the least. It just felt weird to do a podcast and it honestly still does feel weird to be doing a podcast, but I have to continue doing it or I'll never do it again. Um, so I had decided that. And then also, of course, I have things going on in my personal life that have made it difficult. Um, you know, this is a tough time for everybody. And also it's January, so seasonal depression. And then I've just been going through some issues with my job and not being paid. Um, I did re-record this um, decided to re-record this because, um, I had been going through this thing where I hadn't been paid except for one check and it's been really tough for me. I did get paid two checks today, so I'm doing a lot better on that front, but it's still not a great situation for me, but it is what it is. I continually talk about it in my personal life and I'm tired. So that's, that's the, and looking into my life part of this podcast. Um, it does feel really weird to just be talking about this, especially with the topic that I chose last week before, you know, everything happened. Anyway, let's talk about the format of the podcast. Um, I think I'm going to stick with what I've been doing recently. Um, just jumping kind of right into the topic after like personal thing. Um, but as the podcast goes on and I continue to grow listenership, I will add things back in. Um, frankly, it's just been a little bit difficult to get some answers to the episode, you know, weekly questions. And I don't want to really hound my friends and family because honestly, it feels, it probably sounds like really inauthentic and awkward. So I am going to hold off on that for a little while until I feel like it's a little bit more comfortable. Um, and also in regards to including like a current event topic, an article, I'm trying to figure out a way that isn't just me summarizing it, something that a little bit more meaningful, maybe. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to figure things out. I know this isn't the most professional thing, but you know, it is what it is. It's just a podcast, you know? So last week I t wanted to talk about video games. Um, and specifically I wanted to talk about museums and video games. Um, you know, I talk about with this podcast and the very wide topic of art, um, I think that video games are definitely part of that conversation for a variety of reasons, including just the the act of making video games that kind of craft or skill or whatever you want to call it. And then also there are video games that I think are, should be considered art. Um, and I thought a perfect jumping off point for the topic of video games would actually be museums represented in video games. And there's quite a few examples. Um, I recently was shown a video by my fiance of these curators kind of reviewing museums in video games. And when I thought about the video like before I watched it you know, I was really excited because the way I look at video game like representation of museums but the curators were kind of weird about it they were kind of like oh you know in a real museum you wouldn't be able to touch that ha 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 and I was just like okay but can we talk about the really cool details like that makes this such a realistic thing even though it's a you know it's an ap apocalypse oh my gosh I can't say it. it's the end of the world um so I was just kind of really inspired by that and my own feelings and approach to museum representation. Um, I think how museums are represented within video game, you know, other types of media, video games, movies, I think is really interesting. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just weird. But um, I decided I'm going to cover museums and video games. And I decided that I was going to be a little bit more fair to the video games and the examples. So I'm just going to do kind of one by one. Uh, maybe in the future, I might do a couple per episode, but I didn't want to kind of do a listicle episode, which I have done in the past before. And it's fine. But I wanted to go a little bit more in depth, you know, just to be a little bit more fair. So with all that being said, I thought it would be best to cover my own favorite video game or video game series, Animal Crossing. And specifically, I am going to be talking about more, more in depth, the newest installment in the Animal Crossing series, which you may have heard of, Animal Crossing New Horizons. So before I jump into the museum in New Horizons, I want to kind of look at the history of the museum in the series. But even before I do that, let's actually talk about what exactly the museum is in Animal Crossing. So of course, with each game, there are differences, especially, you know, older video games versus newer. But essentially, the museum is a building that you either build or you it already exists and you visit it. The museum is ran and curated by an NPC owl named Blathers, who stands in the lobby. During the day, since he is an owl, he's standing there sleeping and you have to wake him up. During the evening, he's wide awake and he's reading a book. There are four sections um, to the museum, four different exhibit halls. Um, there's the bugs, fish, fossils, and art. The player um, collects these items by catching fish and bugs, swimming in the ocean, digging up fossils, collecting art from an NPC named Red. Um, sometimes there are other means, like you were given it by a villager. These items are then, you know, you can donate them. It is a choice to donate them to the museum um, by talking to Blathers. And then once you do that, they are put on display for the player and animal villagers to enjoy. Sometimes the museum has additional rooms and employees, which may be added with an upgrade. The artwork that can be donated to the museum is usually obtained from Red, who is a fox. He's very devious, and part of his deviousness is that when you go to purchase art from him, not only does he have like some of the most um, famous artwork in the world, um, he may have a fake. And if you buy that fake, you cannot donate it to the museum and um, you can't really sell it. You kind of have to throw it away or you keep it. The very first Animal Crossing game to be released in the United States was simply called Animal Crossing and it was a GameCube exclusive. The museum is first seen in this installment, but it's kind of hard to find more information on it. Um, I have not played that game and it's like kind of hard to get and expensive. Um, but what really sets the museum apart from others is that in this installment, Blathers is unable to appraise fossils on his own, and he has to send them to a different location called Faraway Museum. Up to three fossils will be sent back to the player at a time, and then they can be donated to the museum. So it's like a whole extra step. The next installment of the series is Wild World. This is also a game I have not been able to play, and it is not easy to get. The museum starts to have a little bit more character. Blathers is not able to appraise fossils, so the player does not have to wait to send, you know, for them to be sent back and to donate them. In this example, there are two extra rooms in the museum. There is the observatory, which is ran by Celeste, who is a pink owl NPC, who is also Blathers' sister. In the basement floor of the museum is the Roost Cafe, which is a coffee shop hosted by a pigeon NPC named Brewster. 
In the coffee shop, the player may see special characters show up, like Phyllis, the receptionist at the mailroom. Also, K.K. Slider will play a set in the cafe every Saturday morning. And these rooms exist in both Wild World and the next installment, City Folk. The bug wing is split into two rooms. There is a butterfly room, and then the rest of the bugs are in the other room. You have some crossover. As with most bugs in each installment, bugs are free roaming. Butterflies and dragonflies you know, fly around, beetles exist on trees and in shrubs and on rocks, and sometimes bugs will go on the floor. The aquarium ring wing <laughs> aquarium ring is also split into two rooms, with all ocean animals being in one large tank and all the other fish being in the first room, um, divided in tanks like for their specific fish type, you know, environment, you know, rivers and ponds. Okay. Uh, the fossil wing is similar similar in design to the others with a horribly ugly carpet, in my opinion. And finally, the art gallery is essentially one main room with rows of paintings. So the next installment is City Folk. City Folks. More than one. Uh, once again, the museum is more developed. The different halls um, have more design and detail to them. Um, the bug wing is pretty large. It's actually three different levels. The first level is the butterfly area with some water features for those water bugs. The second level has a wooded area and the third floor is a little bit more open and features heat lamps throughout. The aquarium is one room with different tanks in each part of the room. The fossil um, hall has two floors and two rooms. The second floor features fossils that are not bones such as footprints and copper lights. The art gallery is now split into two rooms. What is fairly different about that is a famous painting, which is what the Mona Lisa is called in-game, is set apart from the other works and has rope dividers. And like I said, City Folk also has the observatory and the Roost Cafe. So the next game in the series is New Leaf, which may was my uh, official introduction to the series. I was gifted a 2DS and a copy of New Leaf for my birthday in 2013. I fell in love with the game immediately. Um, at the time, I actually was not even an art history major or museum studies, but I still loved museums, but I didn't know anything about them. Um, the museum here continues to see an improvement in design and detail, but this museum, uh, it's important to note, does not have the roost. Instead, there is a separate building that you have the option of adding to your village as a public works project. Um, there is an opportunity to upgrade the museum as a public works project um, where you would have a second floor, and that second floor would include the museum gift shop and the customizable museum gallery spaces. Both are ran by Celeste, who previously ran the observatory. The gallery spaces are open to the player for a sum of bells, um, the in-game currency. You can put whatever you want in those gallery spaces, clothes, furniture, um, but really they kind of sucked as like your make your own galleries, you know, exhibit. Um, but what it made them great is that the storage space within the game kind of sucked, so you could get one of these and just put all your crap in it. The museum gift shop also didn't have very much. Um, you could purchase museum-related items such as a plexiglass case, but really it was only good for purchasing a silver shovel. Like I mentioned, the museum has a lot more detail. The bug wing has three different rooms. The first room is an open space. Um, it does not have trees. Then uh, this is where like the butterflies and bees, they live there. The second room has uh, the two tree variants and um, a variety of bugs. There's also a large stump in the middle of the room, and then the third room is for more exotic insects, especially those found on the private island, and it has palm trees. The aquarium seems a little bit smaller than the other games, but it is better in detail. The tanks are much larger and have like this curvature, you know, to the edges, you know, along the wall. 
Um, the aquarium has three different rooms that are divided by um, where the fish are from. There's ocean fish, river fish, and deep sea fish. And finally, the art gallery is in two rooms with a mix of both statues and paintings in each. And that brings us to talking about New Horizons. Now, New Horizons isn't even a year old yet. It will be a year old on March 20th, if I'm not mistaken. And the museum is the most detailed and realistic than any of the others. Um, you can tell not only by the art design, you know, and the quality of the game, but also there's like a lot more thought put into the museum. It is much more realistic. It looks like a real museum, like a real building. Honestly, I was really, really excited for the game in general, but I was especially excited to see the museum because since playing New Leaf, I literally, I became an art history major and started studying museums as well. I graduated and I worked in museums. So I was really excited because it's kind of like a passion of mine. Um, and I just wanted to be in it and like see what the new things they would do and when the trailers came out I like poured over the details of the museum I watched videos on the museum and stuff and I was like so excited to get the museum um gosh when I actually walked was able to actually walk through the museum I was so excited and I still like to point out little details but I'll talk about that in a second so the museum at this time does not have the additional rooms that I had mentioned before like the observatory store or cafe but what's really interesting about the museum is kind of how you get it. Just there's so many different details because this is just a different game. So of course the museum is also very different. But let's talk about the exhibits themselves. So the bug exhibit is just phenomenal. And the reason why I wanted to focus primarily on New Horizons is simply because I think it is the best version and one of the best examples of a museum in a video game. And listen, I'm just very passionate about it. And what's really special is I can literally just open my game up right now. Let me prove that. This is what it sounds like when you first walk into the bug exhibit. Um, it's just, it's just such a gorgeous game. Let's be honest. So like the previous installment, New Leaf, the bug hall is divided into three separate sections or rooms. What's really interesting about the design, however, is that there is a mix of bugs, you know, insects, and of course the different types of insects, you know, butterflies and bees, but there is running water throughout and there are fish included in the bug exhibit, which makes it a much more realistic environment. Um, it literally looks like you're walking in the park. There are stumps and different trees, including palm trees. There's a waterfall. You have these little water trees that don't actually exist outside of the museum. And then you have a very large tree, which is especially notable for like a little fun in-game thing. At certain times of the day, I'm not sure exactly when, you go to this large tree and there will like be beetles like fighting. It's been like a little thing. Um, the second room is also really interesting. And the way that they transition into rooms are, it's just way more realistic. It's just a museum that actually exists. What's really interesting about this game, you walk into the second room and it isn't an open concept sort of thing, which we haven't really seen before. We have bugs, certain bugs, certain insects, actually in tanks. Um, you know, they have their own little exhibits that are especially curated for their 
you know, living, and I'm sorry for that Facebook noise. Um, so for example, you have like the praying mantis, you know, they have little trees that they can be concealed in. Um, the orchid mantis has orchids. You have the dung beetle hanging out and he has, uh, he has something that he's playing around with and he has cacti. And you walk further and you have an ant exhibit. And in this ant exhibit, because I say an ant exhibit because it has the dirt pressed against the window, you are able to see the ants doing their whole thing. But there are other bugs located within, such as grasshoppers and crickets. And they have, um, you know, bricks and fun little things like that. And in this room as well, you have this like laboratory space and in within this laboratory space you have the details of like cabinets and tools but you'll see other bugs like flies and mosquitoes here that kind of look like they're being not tested on but studied which is so different this actually looks like a real museum it reminds me of the natural history museum of their bug um you know, their insect floor it's just really fantastic in the detail here and then the third room here, and there's not really an order except for when you first initially walk in, um, just because of the way the flow of each exhibit space kind of allows for this freedom of movement, So, which is very realistic, I think. So you can walk into the third room second, or you can walk into the second room third, you know? Um, so, but my third room is the butterfly exhibit. It's not just butterflies, but it's so gorgeous. It is this kind of like round room rotunda like that the walls have bushes and plants and flowers and in the center here you have a fountain which the uh, player can sit on and butterflies are just kind of flying all around and there's also a frog that will hang out and it's just really sweet and it looks like you can have a nice romantic date there and I just really appreciate this attention to detail like it really feels so realistic that uh, it's just really lovely it really is of course, the aquarium in this game is also really lovely. The attention to detail is just so fantastic. So when you first walk in, you have your river, um, pond, uh, river pool, and then you also have waterfall fish. And what's really interesting here is that uh, you have different shaped tanks and you have like this river part where there's like these different levels of water and the water spills into the next and each one you know you have the flow of the water and the fish hanging out in it and then kind of like in the middle of the room before you start going to the next section is kind of like the more oh it's not really a wetland but you kind of have that that lower water uh, river pond or whatever you want to call it you have some fish hanging out and you have some frogs um and it's just it's so real looking and then you begin to walk into the next room and like the flow here. So you have like um, more river um, fish, I guess. Like I'm not really good at, at science, listen. But it's kind of like, because I thought when I first played the game that this was going to be some ocean fish right here, but it's kind of like the deeper river. The second room is where you have all your ocean fish and that includes the deep sea fish and the lighting here is much more different um you have steps that kind of go up so you can get a better view um but you have this very large tank this is kind of like where your big fishies are your school of fish which is so lovely you see the school of fish and you see your sharks all hanging out 
And then you continue throughout. Oh, it's so pretty. And again, you have the option to go up and get a better view. But then you have this smaller section, which has your deep sea fish. And they're in this little tank here hanging out. What is remarkable about this part of the exhibit is that once you add those deep sea fish, you get other items that can't be donated. They're just, you know, kind of like the curator just adds them, which includes like a little deep sea submarine as well as um, some sort of like scuba gear and also allows for the opportunity to take a selfie. The camera angle will change so you can get a diverse look. Gosh, it's so pretty. It honestly gives me the vibe of like going to an aquarium, like more than any of the other video games. So in the next room here, which you can get to um, by either going up this first set of stairs or going through um, of the large tank area, um, you walk in and you get a remarkable... I don't know how to like floor tank. It's like jellyfish. And then you can go up and then you get some more ocean fish. You kind of get a um, like tropical coral reef exhibit. And it has like this really cool kind of like tunnel view where you basically like go inside the water and you are inside this large tank with various ocean fish and crustaceans. You get the little crabs hanging out, starfish on the rocks. And of course you can also access that by in the first room, um, but I was just following the flow that I usually go. Um, again, with this exhibit design, <laughs> you are able to go any which way that you really wanna go. So next is the fossil wing which is kind of like the basement of the museum, if you will. They have stairs leading down. And the exhibit design, uh, when you first walk into the room, it kind of just does follow like this linear path. Um, uh, literally, there's like this lighting on the ground that shows a linear path and like the connection of different items. So in your first room here, you have your fossilized items that are not bones. Um, you know, you have fossilized creatures, footprints, um, amber. And when you donate items to this part of the exhibit, um, items that you did not donate that kind of fill out the exhibit will be added. And then you go through, and this is where you get to your dinosaurs. And this is a really uh, fantastic, fantastic fossil exhibit. So you continue, continue you continue on that linear path that literal path there and it starts to break up into the various dinosaurs and you have your very large dinosaurs which you can walk under essentially through they are in the middle and then on the walls here is where you have your different dinosaurs which i guess are broken up by a uh, dino theme, I guess. And then you have some of your other kind of like single fossils. Um, the exhibit also explains how the dinosaurs died. They have their own um, parts, educational parts of the exhibit, which are technically interactive. Um, they light up when you stand on a certain place. Um, there are, it's like a circle on the floor and you can see like this exhibit begin to light up. There are also steps that take you to a second level here, which also lead to the other part of the exhibit, but you can walk up here and get a, another view 
of the dinosaurs. And then in the top left, there is an asteroid. And again, there are different places that you can stand that allow for the uh, player to get a different angle that they otherwise would not be able to get. And then you can follow the path into the next room, which you can either take on the lower half the floor or the second. And this part of the exhibit is kind of more of the evolution. Um, so on the second floor of the exhibit here, you have this glass that has um, like this screen painting on it of the different animals that that show up in the Animal Crossing game. That includes bears, horses, rhinos, um, elephants, um, pigs, monkeys, mice, rabbits you get the picture and so and then there's like a blank space which is really cute and then when you stand there it lights up but all these lines here which you have seen throughout the entire exhibit space link up to the animals that exist in animal crossing that can be your villagers to the different evolutionary items that we have on display so for example we have a monkey and then you have the empty space for the human and that leads to a skull of the um how do we pronounce this australopith <laughs> um i'm not a scientist i'm not a historian and i can't even say french names and it's just really interesting how they did this this is like a bold choice unfortunately it's a bold choice but like just this concept it's like you see this in museums especially like for example natural history the smithsonian's natural history museum does have an exhibit on evolution and the entire thing explores not just the history of evolution and our ancestors, but specifically what that actually means for us, what it means for our race, um, our face, sex, gender, society, all that kind of stuff. Animal Crossing here is trying to make an educational connection. They want you to actually consider, you know, yourself as well as your peers, if you will, and their connection to their ancestry and how they got to be the way that they are now. Um, and just as, and they do it so with a design choice, which is like so interesting. The fossil exhibit, I think, is the smallest exhibit. Of course, the aquarium and the insect exhibits are much more um, in detail and larger. Uh, I mean, there wasn't much that they could really do, I think, with the space. And I think that they did a fantastic job of making this feel like a real exhibit space. So for the final wing, we have the art gallery. And what's really interesting, I said I would mention this. So with New Horizons, um, the concept of the game is that you know Tom Nook. He's that raccoon dude. Um, he's technically not a raccoon, but you get it. And he has this whole enterprise of private islands and he'll set you up with two other villagers and then you can build up your island and so when you build your own island there isn't really anything to start with unlike with previous games where it was an already existing town or city in the beginnings of the game you basically start out with a tent a tent for yourself a tent for your two companions and a tent for kind of like the resident services um eventually you were able to get a tent for the museum you know tom nook calls up blathers and he's like hey dude i might have an opportunity for you so he brings his little explorer's tent and during that time you have to bring a certain amount of donations so fish insects and fossils to him and 
he kind of just takes them and kind of hangs out with them until you're able to upgrade the museum, which does take a little while unless you time travel. So once you get through all of that issue, you know, of donating one item at a time and all that kind of thing, you actually get the familiar structure of the Animal Crossing Museum, which kind of has this kind of front-facing neoclassical style. So you get your museum. It only has an insect wing, a fossil wing, and an aquarium wing. But there is like this weird section of these two steps leading up to a second floor, but there's like nothing there, just some windows and a bench. With an update um, several months ago and a few months after the initial release, you were able to upgrade the museum. Um, basically, there's a situation with the back of your island. There's a little piece of land and everyone working there is telling you to like be wary of like conniving foxes. And basically, the figure that I had mentioned before, Red the Fox, now has a little boat and he will come to your island after talking to you and trying you know getting you to buy a work of art um which can be different you know for each player um he starts to show up and you are able to upgrade the museum another time um and get the art gallery um blathers is super happy to get some freaking art and so red will show up randomly periodically like the other non-playable characters that show up on your island um and he will have a selection of artwork that any number of them can be fakes and again fakes cannot be sold um but they can be kept but what's interesting about new horizons that other players began to notice is that these fakes that they bought were haunted there are certain artworks that will have a certain um quality um like floating randomly or glowing eyes um which makes like them a little bit more you know they're not just totally useless what is unfortunate is that red seems to be sometimes so rare. Sometimes it's like he will never show up. So it's a little bit harder than the other items to uh, fill up your museum. Now, being an art historian and somebody who worked in an art museum um, and a history museum who, that also had art, of course, um, this is the most exciting for me. I was over the moon. I was. I really wanted it to be included. And when it finally was announced and released, I was over the moon. Um, I had been working at the museum at the time and um, we were working from home and we actually talked about it um, because they were like, oh my gosh, this game that everybody's talking about because quarantine has a museum. Like, what can we do about it? And it was just like, whatever. Anyway, so the art gallery. When you first walk in, you have these marble this marble floor here and this is where you ha will have like your kind of sculpture garden and this leads to two different areas so if you walk to the right you have this kind of um mixed gallery space but it is very organized so um one part you have your impressionist pointillism and you you know your abstract art if you will your modernism uh, beginnings of abstract and then you have a case here you have some asian art um which includes statues and also print. But um, what's really great is that they actually pay attention to the detail in regards to organizing the artwork correctly. You have a, um, it's basically one large room, but it has different sections. So the farthest section is your Baroque art, which I only have Dutch masters so far. In between, you have uh, some different art, which I don't have anything there. And of course, you have your famous painting. 
the Mona Lisa, but the Mona Lisa is not alone. There is another Da Vinci work, um, and I'm not sure what the third work is going to be, but I can't wait. And I don't really want to spoil myself because I get really excited when I get to donate art to the museum and see where it goes. Like how, well, obviously once I get an idea of where it's going to go, like I know where it's going to go, but it just makes me so excited that it's like organized and they have like this wallpaper. It actually reminds me of working at the Walters Art Museum because um, there's the red, green, gold galleries, which had Renaissance, medieval, and Baroque work, also leading into neoclassicism and it's just like so lovely it is just it makes brings me so much joy to see the art museum i have a few works i mostly have impressionism which is funny to me okay so i talked in detail about each exhibit what makes them unique how the design is different from other museums how special they are and i know i talked quite a lot about it because i'm very excited can you tell that i love animal crossing and i love museums so what i really find super special about the museum is the little details so i already look at little details in museums because i am that much of a freak like you can ask any of my loved ones if i see a museum bench like a very special museum bench, either by design or where they put it, I get really excited. And yes, I do plan on having an episode dedicated to museum benches because they really aren't as simple as we think. Anyway, <laughs> when you first walk into the museum, you have Lathers, he's sleeping away during the daytime, and you have your steps. Um, each section of the museum has a plaque, you know where you're going. Um, there's some like candles um, and if you get a closer look, they're on the wall. There's like little candelabras. You can tell that they're not real candles and they are clearly light bulbs, which I think is an important detail. You have different types of lighting throughout the museum, um, you know, up lighting and it's just, it's so special. So when you walk around the museum, like the bug exhibit, for example, or the aquarium, you can pay attention to different details as it is like I think a little bit more notable as you are dealing with live animals. Um, when you are in the bug exhibit, when there's water, first of all, the exhibit design in regards how the visitor would actually be able to look at animals and look into the spaces is really interesting. You have different ways of utilizing different features. You have like a dock and you have glass, but you have little details like vents have benches in really interesting places, usually by a tree exhibit that does feature different animals in that space. So let's see. It tells you, you know, what animals will exist there. You have these sections where there's signage for the exhibit space. Um, in the insect wing, um, I find it very interesting. They have like these like stick poles for the dragonflies to sit on. And by the bug fighting arena, there is a bench behind the tree. The transition space in between the um, main insect room and then the one with the biomes is really interesting because it looks like they have these kind of like automatic doors. They don't like it doesn't open or close, but it kind of looks like it should, um, which would make a lot of sense because you're going to space that is tanks or um, and biomes like and kind of like more of a scientific study versus an open space where bugs are just flying around. In the like biome area, you have different types of lighting on the bugs, you know, like heat lamps. And then you have like these shelves um, of supplies 
which is an interesting detail. I don't know if it's really appropriate, but it makes more sense. I think it would make more sense, of course, if there was actually staff. And then you have, you know, the different details of the museum, you know, for fire suppression or whatever, which is really fascinating. You have railings. It just looks so dang real. One of my favorite aspects in the entire museum is in the aquarium space. So in the aquarium space in the first room, um, there are quite a few little details that I am just obsessed with. First, right next to the door is some kind of like electricity kind of box. You know, you have like your box here on the floor. It could be alarm and then you have that kind of covered up wire. I don't actually know the terms. There's a vent. There is a fire system. There are plants and then there's just random um, stanchions. I forgot the word for a second. Like, just sitting there, which is definitely, trust me, working in two museums, especially visitor services type stuff, customer service, stanchions just are just places, <laughs> randomly, all the time. And then you have these really cute benches, these soft green benches. Like, you can even see within the exhibits, there are, like, these, um, these vents. And there's also signage, though you can't read it exactly. It's more symbolic signage. Um, you know, it'll be at the top. And kind of points you the right direction. You have um, stanchions in use within the aquarium. You have like these industrial stairs that make this lovely noise. You have um, this part in the main room that the like glass partitions have little like fishies and stars on them. You have benches in the right areas. You kind of have like this some little plantage, you know, situation, these gorgeous nautical, perfectly round windows, and more, like, fire suppression stuff, which is something that, actually, I've noticed people who aren't, you know, museum people <laughs> mention all the time, and I really love that they notice it, because it's just, like, a detail that didn't have to exist. One final thing to mention about this museum and New Horizons is they actually had a museum-specific event for a real holiday. It's um, museum day, um, and basically what you would do is you would enter the museum and Blathers would explain museum day to you. In each part of the exhibit, there were like different stands with stamps, and you would walk up to each one and get a stamp, and once you were completed, you would get a plaque for each of the um, gallery spaces. So you would get one for the insect, fossils, and the aquarium. Um, and people are kind of complaining that it was kind of boring, but I'm like, oh, this is a very realistic thing that they would do in actual museums. Um, and since it was quarantine and museums were closed and it was kind of like a sad time, because um, typically for museum day, you would do something, you know, we would do a little thing. And like that kind of stamp activity is like a real thing a lot of unfortunately a lot of museum activities like that are going to be aimed at like families of children um because adult activities are typically like little parties and stuff um but i don't know i just thought it was a sweet thing you couldn't really do it more than once it was pretty easy people didn't find it challenging i think that maybe one day maybe they can do something a little bit more challenging but i thought it was absolutely pin perfect and it just felt like I was going to a museum. Oh, I also almost completely forgot to mention that in New Horizons, each um, exhibit has their own different versions of the museum theme um, that differently arranged versions. But in each part, 
of the exhibit in each different room there is a different theme um for example so the let me just explain with the list the art um exhibit has a classical arrangement which includes a harpsichord and strings the bug exhibit um divided into the three rooms the kind of the first room you enter the foresty one is a folk arrangement um the butterfly garden that pretty circle room is more classical and then the um biome part with the lab has um it's like this kind of like i want to say jazzy but it's kind of like a funky bass 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 and um bell arrangement the fossil exhibit the first part that you walk into is this like kind of cute synth arrangement that like echoes and it kind of, it's just like perfect it reminds me of space to be honest um then the second room where you have like your skeletons and stuff um it continues with that kind of synth um arrangement and it continues within the final room but it has like um xylophone and then finally with the aquarium you have a piano arrangement in the first part in the ocean room um in the deep sea room you have oh, this really gorgeous um synth arrangement and then finally in the other part like the one that has a coral reef one of my cats just walked in hello claudia meow 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 um the it uh also has a um, synth arrangement um, of bells and it really helps with like the ambiance of the game of course museums typically don't have like museums and exhibits can definitely have music and they can have a soundtrack and like an arrangement for an exhibit but it's not very typical but in museums it makes i mean a video game museum it makes a lot more sense especially with animal crossing that has a different arrangement for each hour of the day for example and has musical arrangements for different locations within the game so it makes a lot more sense so i had wanted to not only talk about animal crossing because it's my favorite video game and video game series but i genuinely think that even throughout the entire series where the museums aren't as um detailed or maybe even realistic i wouldn't say they're not accurate i think that it's some of the best museum representation in a game and that's mostly because i have seen in a lot of museums and video games that there are these like awkward large spaces that don't really make a lot of sense they're kind of trying to make this kind of like hokey commentary on like abstract art um you know that kind of stuff or it's kind of like a thing that you are essentially exploring but you're like climbing on stuff you know and trying not to be seen by a guard or something like that right with the animal crossing museum it is so incredibly special because you are the one donating the items to fill up the museum you have an empty museum and you get to put it the stuff in and i don't know a lot of um video games that do that stardew valley is a little bit closer i will talk about stardew valley's museum um one day because i think that is also a very interesting i think it's the perfect example of a small town museum um or even a historical society if you will but i think that's one of the only really good examples where you donate your own stuff um and each video game each installment of the video game 
has this aspect and it's an optional thing. You can always keep the items, you can sell the items, but it's just really interesting to have this thing where it's like, hey, for the greater good of our community, donate these things for educational purposes. And that is so incredibly special. Like, whoever thought about that, it's just a genius idea. It's the closest thing to, like, museum tycoon, I think, that we can really get without it being, like, too much of, of a hassle and too boring. But honestly, I would play that game. Um, and of course, like I said, the New Horizons... Um, installment is the best in the series and I think it is the best one of the top representations of museums that I have ever seen in video games um, but what makes it I think the best is that it's not a flashback it's not just a part of the game that I guess you can come back to once you complete the um, the mission if you will but it's not just like a map that you complete that you fight in or whatever. It's something that is a part of your daily routine. It's something that's there. In New Horizons, you can completely customize the location where you can put it wherever you want. You can put waterfalls and ponds. You can have it on flat ground or you can have it on like the third level of ground. Like there's so many things you can put arts outside and fences and it becomes more of a thing and the way that players often approach the museum is filling it up as much as they possibly can and you just don't see that in other games and other museum representation video games so I think it's just so special and just so lovely and I could really talk about the Animal Crossing Museum all day every day I hope that you enjoyed this episode. It is a little bit different than what I guess I guess I typically do, though I'm starting to branch into those kind of like looser discussions, um, like I did that with Christmas and my own experiences with the donation process, the museums I worked at. And I don't know, I just, I really had fun actually making this, even though I'm like so stressed out and it feels like, unfortunately, a chore for me. Um, that's the best way I can put how I feel. But I think if you've ever experienced, you know, this feeling, you know exactly what I mean. I think that it's actually really important to talk about these kind of things because people put effort into it clearly by the design and the concept um, of the Animal Crossing Museum, especially in New Horizons. Somebody really did their homework and I really appreciate that. And it's something they didn't have to do. They didn't have to add it to the video game to begin with and they didn't have to be so detailed, um, especially now. They could have just kind of had the general idea of a museum, but they added like details of like safety procedures and general facility management. Um, of course, you can't, you know, interact with that, but that still shows like, oh, this is like a real world that I get to escape from the real world too. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that this uh, episode was kind of successful. I don't know. I am definitely going to talk about video games more and uh, museums and video games more. Um, I know there aren't a ton of examples, um, but I always find out about the examples because, um, I don't know, I guess my fiance would call me like a nerd or something about it. So yeah, I need to end this episode because I know I've been rambling and it just feels good to talk about museums instead of, I don't know, the terrible, terrible world that we live in both personally and like globally. Of course, if you have any 
museum representation video games or even in movies or tv shows that you would like me to look at and discuss i would love the suggestions i love talking about this stuff and i'm really opening open to like having other people's perspectives and like ideas on representation of museums in different media i have different examples that i want to talk about um i'm just so excited about it (laughs) anyway thank you so much for listening um i'm really hoping that things go a little bit better and i feel better so that i can push out a better episode do it on time do the damn thing um but i hope that you just stick with me and i appreciate you so much for listening this has been for art this has been for art's sake and art history and museum podcast and i'm your host ria and i'll talk to you next week or maybe sooner who knows how i will feel (laughs) keep me in your thoughts (laughs) okay i need to go bye